0: good afternoon if you could please turn to open your red pew bibles and turn to page 980 we're going to be reading philippians 2 have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Jesus Christ, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equally with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross.
1: Jesus, being the only perfect person to ever live, was a man constantly devoted to prayer. Open your Bibles up to Mark chapter one. Jesus is going around, he's preaching, he's casting out unclean spirits, and has made quite the name for himself. And look at the story we read about starting in verse 32. The Bible says, at evening when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city was gathered at the door. It's late, it's dark. Jesus has the whole city at the doorstep. And notice what happens later after he wakes up after sleeping for just a few hours. Starting in verse 35. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Here we have a man who gets up before the sun after a night with the town, and instead of sleeping in, he goes out alone to a place of isolation and prays to God. Jesus was a man who was devoted to prayer, and he shows us that we can't spend too much time talking to the one who made us. Let's tonight look at a few ways on how Jesus prayed, but also what Jesus had to say about prayer. Number one, when Jesus prayed, he took his time. In Luke chapter six, verse 12, we see Jesus before selecting the 12 apostles going out into a mountain to pray. And the Bible says that he prayed and he continued in prayer all night. Jesus is about to make an important decision and takes his time to pray to God. We as Christians need to do the same and take time out of our everyday lives to pray to God as well. Number two tonight, when Jesus prayed, he had a certain manner to his prayers. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus gives us a template for prayer. He says in verse two, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Right off the bat, Jesus mentions God and shows that his name is to be respected. Next he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He recognizes that it's God's will to be done and not our own will, which he does on multiple occasions. He then asks God, God, give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us of our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. He tells us to pray for forgiveness, but to also forgive others. We as Christians need to be more like Christ, praying in the same manner that he prays, lifting God's name up, realizing that it's not what we want, but what God wants. And also we must recognize the sin in our lives and ask for forgiveness. Number three, Notice the intensity of Jesus' prayers. Turn over to Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Jesus is sitting there in the garden before he will be betrayed, arrested, denied by Peter, beaten and tortured until eventually being hung on the cross. Jesus is anxious. He knows all of these things are about to happen, and he stops and prays. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. This prayer is so intense that Jesus is sweating bullets. Sometimes I feel like when we pray, we are just sort of going through the motions. I'm not saying that after we pray, we should be drenched in sweat, but what I am saying is that we need to be more focused on our prayers and be more in tune with our prayers. Number four tonight, Jesus had an energy like no other when it came to prayer. As we have already seen in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, Jesus gave it his all when it came to prayer and I believe that we need to do the same. Next, let's look at what Jesus had to say about prayer. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus gives a parable that applies to prayer. A friend comes to another friend asking for bread in the middle of the night and the friend gives him the bread, not because they are friends, but because he is so persistent in his asking. Jesus is saying to us that we ourselves need to be persistent in asking God for our needs. Luke 9 says, ask and it will be given unto you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened unto you. Jesus also warns us what we shouldn't do in our prayers. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is talking about prayer, and he tells us not to use vain repetition or pray just to be seen by others to show off. He says in verse 8 of Matthew chapter 6, Do not be like them, for the Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Jesus prayed at the beginning of his ministry, just after his baptism. He prayed at the end of his ministry before selecting the apostles. He prayed before his transfiguration, before Peter denied him, He prayed for his enemies, he prayed while he was suffering, and he prayed before conquering the cross. Jesus was a man of prayer, and if we are truly trying to strive like him and to become more like Christ, we as Christians, followers of him, must be as well.
0: What do you look for in a friend? Some might say honesty, loyalty, love. And these are just a few attributes of a good friend. Every single person in this room wants to have great friends and peers who love and support them. Mark chapter 5 verses 2-19 through is a passage about the best friend we could ever have, Jesus. So if you would, please turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 5, verses 2 through 19. Mark chapter 5, verses 2 through 19. And if you'll notice, Jesus comes across a man who has an unclean spirit and is in a, and the situation is very hopeless and very sad. Look at verse 5. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out, and cutting himself with stones." So not only is the situation very serious but it's to the point that this man is harming himself cutting himself with stones every single day. Now I don't know about you but I don't really like confrontation and I try to stay out of people's way as much as possible. The same goes for the people in, their, in this time. Nobody wanted to be around, around this man. Of course you can't really blame them because He lived in tombs, and he cut himself every single day. It's just not the type of person that you want to be around. The only man who could help this man was Jesus. Verse 15. Jesus is the greatest friend of all because he is willing to come in and help when no one else is. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Let's now look at a few reasons on why Jesus is our dearest friend. The first reason is Jesus is patient and he is kind. Even though we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3 verse 23, Christ continually desires to have a relationship with us. As many of you know, I live in a house with four other siblings and patience is hard to come by. But the Lord is patient beyond measure just like the prodigal son, we may sin and lose our way, but he will patiently be waiting for us to return. We need to strive daily to be more like Christ and be more patient. The example has been set. The question is, will you follow? The second reason on why Jesus is our dearest friend is because he genuinely cares for us. Have you ever loved something so much that it becomes your main focus? Jesus had to battle temptation day after day and he was persecuted far more than any of us will ever be. But he left his home in heaven. He lived a life on earth that was perfect and without sin. And the good news is, it was all for us. Jesus genuinely cares for us. His love and care is constantly there, and he is constantly consistent. Greater love has no one than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. John fifteen thirteen. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice for us just so we might have the hope to live with him in heaven. Jesus is our friend. Jesus genuinely cares for us and he made the ultimate sacrifice to prove it. The third reason on why Jesus is our dearest friend is because Jesus is loyal. I am with you always, Matthew 28, verse 20. Time and distance can diminish many close friendships or relationships that we have in this life. For example, almost everyone here knows Jay Gilson. At this point in time, I don't even think I can remember what he looks like. But when Jay was here, after, after church on Sunday night, we would go eat. And I can't tell you how many football games I've been to, been to with Jay. But now that he's moved away, it's not the same. We still talk on occasion, but we don't have that close friendship that we used to have. However, Time and distance are not a factor with Christ. Last week, I was having a conversation with Coach Bruno, and he said something that really made me think. He said, sometimes we might feel like our friendship with Jesus isn't very good. And this might be because we aren't attending services, or we aren't going to God in prayer often. And he said, the question is, who moved in that relationship? It wasn't Christ. He's been there the whole time. We're the ones who moved. He will never leave us nor forsake us, Hebrews 13, verse 5. Christ has always been there. He will always be there. And we need to strive for the day where we're with him in heaven. The fourth reason on why Jesus is our dearest friend is because he prays for us constantly. We have been focusing about how Jesus is our dearest friend. And another way he does this is he prays for us daily. If you'll notice, at the end of prayers, the speaker will usually say, in Jesus' name we pray. This is because Jesus makes intercession for us with God. If you ask anything of my name, I will do it, John 14, verse 14. Hebrews 7, verse 25 says, he ever lives to make intercession for us. Jesus is our dearest friend by virtue of constant concern and prayers on our behalf. Luke 22, verse 32, and Romans 8, verse 34. One of the greatest things you can ever hear someone tell you is, I'm praying for you. Whether you're going through a tough time or you're just in need of some some encouragement, prayer can do powerful things. The Lord prays for us constantly because he is our dearest friend and he loves us so much. Isn't it a blessing to know that the Lord prays for us daily? What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. The fifth and final reason on why Jesus is our dearest friend is because Jesus goes everywhere with us, even in the valley of the shadow of death. Psalm 23, verse three. Sometimes there are gonna be difficult circumstances that we come upon in life that seem very dark and very lonely but Christ will always be there. He will never leave us nor forsake us, Hebrews 13, verse five. The Lord is our shepherd, and we are his flock. He constantly goes with us, and when we sing the song, Anywhere With Jesus, we are singing absolute truth. These are just a few things that make Jesus our greatest friend. Jesus is patient, and he is kind. Jesus genuinely cares for us, and he is loyal. Jesus prays for us constantly, And Jesus goes everywhere with us Jesus provides all the qualities of a great friend that we want to have just like the man in the tomb no matter who you are where you've been what you've done Jesus always desires to have a relationship and friendship with us what a friend we have in Jesus do you properly appreciate his friendship
2: love respect and treasure scripture is a virtue psalm 119 verse 11 states i have stored up your words in my heart that i might not sin against you if we really want to honor god we must honor and obey the word of god we all want to be knowledgeable on the word of god but no one will be as all-knowing as jesus it's impressive to see just how well jesus actually knew the word On one occasion, when his disciples were leaving, Jesus asked the apostles where they were going to leave as well. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. John 6, verse 68. His love of the word was so powerful that everybody around him could clearly see it. Let's look at some reasons that demonstrate that Jesus truly loved the word of God. First off, what he believed about the word. He believed that the word of God is necessary for growth. Luke two forty six through 52. As a young man who wanted to grow, he went to the temple to learn from the teachers and scholars over there. When his parents found him, Jesus explained, I must be about father's business. From an early age, Jesus was eager to learn f- from his father's word. He believed that God's word is unchanging. No matter who it is, what it is, or when it is, God's word will never change and will never die. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Matthew 24:35. Look at that again. My words will not pass away. Jesus is telling us in this passage that the words of God will live on forever and they cannot be replaced or altered by anything. For Jesus, the scriptures were a help in times of suffering. On the cross, Jesus quoted scripture repeatedly. Matthew 27, 46, My my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Even when Jesus was suffering the most, he found help with scripture. When we are suffering anything, scripture is there to help us and guide us. It has stories we can all relate to and learn from to help us in the worst times in our lives. Jesus believed that God's word is authoritative. John 8, 28 reads, So Jesus said to them when you have lifted up the Son of man, then you will know that I am he and I do nothing on my own Authority, but speak just as the Father has taught me Jesus knew God's word had authority. He even said it himself in this scripture. I Don't I don't I don't do nothing on my own authority, but I speak as the Father has taught me God gives us rules to follow and we should know that God's words have meaning and authority and we should follow in his words a second way which we see his love for Scripture is in how he taught the Word. Jesus taught with great respect for God's Word. Matthew five seventeen through 20, he said, He did not come to destroy the law of Moses, but to fulfill it. He was careful to keep every commandment God gave. Jesus knew the power of the Word and wanted to respect it to, to show us how valuable it is in our lives. Jesus taught with boldness. Jesus didn't care about the circumstances or the consequences of him preaching the word anywhere. In Luke 4:15 through29, he preached a sermon in his hometown that nearly got him killed. His teaching was always planned to please God, not men. John 7:17 7, through18. He taught to carry out his father's plan and to be the connecting factor from humans to God. Jesus taught passionately. The sermons and lessons Jesus taught were so strong that everyone hearing them can feel in their hearts the magnitude of the lesson. In Luke twenty four thirty two, his disciples said to each other, Did not our did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scripture. This is just one of many examples how Jesus taught so passionately every time he got up there. Jesus taught with compassion. When he visited with the rich young ruler in it says in Mark 10, 21, Jesus loved them. Jesus teaches with compassion because he loves us and he wants to help us. He wants to help everyone to have a chance to spend eternity with him in heaven. Finally, we see the respect and love Christ had for scripture and how he answered questions and challenges. In Matthew 9, 13, Jesus says, go learn for what, <coughs> what means telling it to the Pharisee. He says, go learn what it means. He's telling this to the Pharisees when they ask why he eats with tax collectors and sinners. Jesus says later on in this verse, "'I came not to call the righteous, but sinners.'" He challenges the Pharisees to try and learn and understand what he actually meant and said by that. To ignore plain teaching of scripture is to honor God with lips, but not heart. Jesus says in Matthew 22, verse 29, "'You are mistaken not knowing the scriptures, "'nor the power of God, or in Matthew nine, nineteen verses three through nine, have you not read? These are questions in the scriptures that Jesus is talking about with the issues of these people knowing, not knowing the word of God. This should be an indicator that we need to not only read the word of God, but actually learn and understand it. We all need to strive to love and know the word of God, just like Jesus did. His love for us is abounding, and we need to follow in his footsteps. We all fall short of the glory of God, but Jesus died for each and every one of us. So as I close this lesson this evening, if you aren't a Christian and would like to become one, or if you're already a Christian but have strayed away from the narrow way, if there's anything we can do, please come as we stand and as we sing.